Ready? <laughs> oh, I'm ready, Shelby. Hey, book lovers. Welcome to another exciting episode of Miss Willa's Book Club. I'm Shelby. And I'm Jenna. We're your hosts, and we're excited to be here with you today discussing our favorite thing, books. Whether you're a fan of magical fantasy realms or a hopeless romantic, we have the perfect book recommendations for you. So grab your bookmarks and get cozy, because each episode we'll be discussing viral books on BookTok and Bookstagram. And don't forget that drink of the episode. Hi, Jenna. <laughs> well, hi, Shelby. Welcome back. This is part two of A Court of Silver Flames. Uh, part one is already out. If you haven't already listened to that, we highly recommend you start there. So we're going to pick up right where we left off. Perfect. Um, just as a reminder, this is spoilers for all of the SJM universe. So that means Throne of Glass, Crescent City, and all of the Akatar series. So if you have not read those yet, Make sure you read those before you come back and listen to this. Perfect. And as always, Mm -hmm. give us a follow. Keep up with all of our Akhtar SJM rereads for now. And give us a review because it really helps us gain some traction on the different podcast apps. Perfect. With that, let's take it away. Awesome. The fourth option. I was going to talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. So because fairly early in the book, they talk about how People say there used to be four items in the dead trove, mm-hmm. but one is gone and, or one is missing or whatever. Yeah. Or they like they don't know that it actually was there. Do you think it's Luna's horn that Bryce has is the fourth dead oh, trove? You know, I've seen that and I'm so excited because we started Crescent City, right? Yeah. And so I'm like going to keep a special eye on how they talk about it. Uh-huh. Um, I could see that being a possibility for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely could see that. Yeah. Um, I'm also... Well, okay, maybe let's, we'll stay on the dead trove for a second mm-hmm. before I get distracted. So, yes, we have the mask, yep. which can raise the dead. And I always I mean, assume it's word marks, so they talk about any type of oh my gosh, writing on it. Me too, me too, me so, too. Every single time. <laughs> and I, all, I thought it was interesting that uh, Amron talks about how no one has ever been able to remove it. They've had to cut off their head. Yes. So I want to know more about who tried to wear it in the past yeah. and when. Oh, I haven't thought about that. Right? Like someone was wearing it. And uh, couldn't take it off. And right. They... So there are stories about it. So I kind of want to huh. know about that. And I wonder if it's back when um, Koshi, is that how you say mm. his name? Or yeah. The his... Audible was saying Koshche. Koshche? Yeah. Okay. But I would say it in my head as Koshi. Yeah. Well, we're going <laughs> to we're going to say it as Koshi. Yes. Sorry if that's incorrect, friends. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. So that just, it made me think that mm-hmm. some of the stuff might have been happening way back then. But so, we, yes, we've got the mask. Yep. Which raises the dead. We've got the harp, which is marked as, can do a lot of different things, apparently. We've got. Each string that you pull. Has like maybe more power, sort of. Yeah. And so she can use one of them to move just like a few steps. Yep. It's also talked as being a door between worlds. So, yeah, but it's also what she uses to save Farah is pulling the 26 string. Cause it there. was time. Yeah. The last string was time. Yeah. And I thought it was very interesting that it has 26 strings. And they also talk about that there are 26 worlds. Yeah. 26 dimensions or whatever. Yes. I know. So that was definitely really interesting too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm want to see how that's going to come in to the I next Crescent City book. And then the final one was The Crown, which influences people and nature. Yes. Not just people, which I didn't remember that part of it. I didn't either. I didn't either. And I think that that really ties into what we've been talking about, about how all of these like 
trees and the mountains mm, and, the, and the wind and the yeah. And, yeah and so yeah I it's gonna be really interesting to see again like how these are put into play mm-hmm. yeah I'm gonna be really curious as we watch or as we read uh Crescent City mm-hmm. to see if we think Luna's Horn is another dead trove yeah I think that would be super interesting yeah well and then Reese had made a comment that not even Amron knows where it is what it is But on page 225, Amryn clearly goes, well, one was unmade. So she clearly knows that there is a fourth. She Mm. just, I thought it was interesting that Reese thought one thing and then Amryn comes out and she's like, oh, no, there was a fourth. It was unmade. Yeah. But she didn't even really like remember very much about it at first. Right. So I don't know where she's getting that knowledge from, which speaking of that, (laughs) how did Az know about them in the first place? Because... Remember they, so right in the, right towards the beginning, he's the one who like talks about the dead trove. Let me okay. go this at 2.30. Um, flip to it. But beca- when uh, they're talking about um, like looking for the trove because the <gasps> yes. queen, like the human queen is looking for it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And... Amron is like not even really remembering anything about it, but I guess are we supposed to assume that Az knows just because he's been spying on the human queen? But like, how did he remember these details yeah. about the objects that wanted everybody to forget? Mm, because that's interesting. Yeah, because because uh, so this is like most of the way down on two thirty. He goes, if they're all enchanting you to forget, how is it that Azrael was able to remember and bear information here? And then they're like, oh well, maybe once you learn it, and then the spell's broken, and they just kind of move on. But then they don't remember the fourth object. Right. I don't know. So oh just gosh. that was interesting for sure. Well, okay. So say he does know. Say he did know about the objects. Why didn't he bring it up sooner? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Azure's going to be the traitor. Are you just determined there's going to be I a true traitor? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Once my mind was on that train, it, it won't go anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Just very, very interesting. Speaking of objects, mm. um, the other sword in, imbued with power. I don't remember the name of it right now, and I don't know that I actually wrote it down in my notes here. Uh, the one from like long, long time ago that they said yes. was thrown in the sea is what they think. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh it's gosh, gone. It's, it's the one that... Um, Lanthus. Yes. Yep. The one that the the creature That's in not. the prison is like, oh, it's not that sword. Narbin. Yeah. That's what it's called. And um, I'm kind of curious to see if that sword is going to be significant again, or if like that's the star sword or something from Crescent City, oh. or like you know what I mean. I don't know. I'm, I just it was brought up enough as being a significant enough weapon. Yes. That it makes me feel like it was not destroyed and it exists somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and it was clearly close just, enough to Nesta's power. Yeah. Well, and. Um, when Aramorn is talking about uh, Reese becoming High King or whatever, and she's like, oh, you could use that sword that Nesta made mm-hmm. and the combination of your power and that sword, like you could do whatever you wanted. Oh well, what if somebody else finds that other sword? Narbin, is that what it was? Yeah. Yes. Um, what if somebody else finds that? And now with that, they're higher in power than Farah oh. and Reese are. Oh my gosh. Who do you think could do that? Eris? Adam King, uh, oh. or 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 maybe even just like Eris's dad, maybe just Baron, but Ew. <laughs> but I I don't know. I mean, that is kind of who they're fighting against right now. 
right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, you're right. That is that is basically who they're fighting against. <gasps> so I just I think that sword is going to come back out again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Especially because Baron was very closely working with the queens. human queen. Yeah. Yeah. Also, other five human queens. What do you think they're going to be doing now that the one is gone? Yeah, they just ran away. Well, I, I mean, they were being controlled. I thought by the crown. Well, so what I thought had happened was they noticed that the crone started using power and so they tried to get away from it and mm. they so they went somewhere else oh, that's yeah. why they weren't at the castle with her anymore okay. but yeah i'll be very interested to see what what they do now mm-hmm. like they weren't brought up again in this book so yeah but like they're still out there they're still mm-hmm. alive the other five are still alive and upset or Four are still Four. alive. Four yeah, is still alive. Vasa yeah, one of them died. And the crone is yeah. gone. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Do you remember talk Cassian talking about before there were Fae? Mm-hmm. And there was there was a couple of different times it was talked about. So they talked about the first gods, and mm-hmm. we had talked about this in a previous couple episode. Times. Yep. And how they were kind of like, like hmm, maybe they're sleeping under the earth, or maybe they are the trees, or maybe there is something else. Mm-hmm. And then there was also another point where, oh gosh, where was it? They were talking about what was there before the Fae were there. And it, mm-hmm. I, I think it was Reese talking about it. And they were talking about how they would suck the magic from humans and Fae. And that connects us to the story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, no, I'm going to wait on that part. Yeah. I feel like until we talk about Crescent City for sure. But um, I did notice there was a lot more conversation, casual conversation yeah. that Cassian said about, I don't know, not even just Cassian, kind of everybody from mm-hmm. before the time that they were Faye. Yeah. And there was a lot of mentions of that, like the music that they sing, yes. that all the priestesses sing in the um, library. Uh-huh. They're talking about how that, is more than 15,000 years old and predates written language. And right. there's like, yeah, they talk again about an eighth court that comes up yep. again in this one. And I don't know. There was a lot of, a lot of talk about what was before. Yeah. And, and Koshi or Kochi. Oh, yeah. Kochi, how, what did you say? That it the said Koshche. Koshche. Okay. <laughs> um, they were talking about predating the courts for him too that he tried to make himself master long ago and like that he tried to write and that's how he ended up in the lake and trapped to the lake. Mm -hmm. Um, and we know that at some point, uh, back in time, the weaver and, uh, the bone carver kind of try to separate themselves from him too. So it makes you wonder what he was doing or maybe if that uh, made me wonder if maybe he's related to, the um harp and the people getting stuck in stone yes we haven't even talked about that yet oh my gosh we haven't Mm -mm. yeah so when nesta when nesta is looking for the harp and she sees it in a vision as she's listening to the music that predates uh yeah predates written language or whatever it's already kind of a an accidental uh, scrying yeah (laughs) And she sees that the harp is in the prison, mm-hmm. in the building that was the prison, in a room that people didn't know existed. Right. And um, when she goes to get it, she feels this this presence. like memory and yeah. like presence. Yeah. That like something really bad happened with mm-hmm. the harp. And 
the way it said is kind of like, oh, it feels like there's people in the stone or something. Like trapped. Yeah. But I also wondered if maybe that was how uh, the dusk court ended up in Crescent City. Like oh. if maybe that was the bad thing oh. that happened is that they like shoved all the people off into of like a new world Perithian, into a new world or something. <clears throat> like I didn't know. If, so that was the other thing that I thought oh maybe gosh. would fit with that a little bit. Interesting. I didn't even connect that. that Just a would, thought. I know. <laughs> well, that would especially make sense too, because as we know from the asteroid spoiler, if you haven't read Crescent City, um, it, from Crescent City with the asteroid, they have moved from world to world to world, yes. trying to suck all this power out. Yeah. And so if they've now, they had somebody actually fight back and win, now they just transport it out to another one. Yeah. Because wasn't it Amran said that, was it the language of the people trapped in the stone? She goes, I haven't heard that language in a long time. Yeah. It was again, this everything keeps circling back to this 15,000 years, yes. which is when... And I think we got to read Crescent City again to get mm-hmm. there. But I think that's when they say in Crescent City, the Fae came to that world. <gasps> and so that's why that time I keep paying attention to. 15, because every 000. time they keep talking about that 15,000 years, hmm. I'm pretty sure that that's when they came over. So, oh, that's going to be a really good thing to pay attention to, mm-hmm. especially in this first 200 pages. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, so that's my thoughts about the harp and maybe what was done there. But it made me wonder if Koshi or um, Koshi, I caught him diving. I can't pronounce anything. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It makes me wonder if uh, when he tried to rise up before, if it was all related to that or completely unrelated or just. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. I hope we learn more about that. That um, talking about like the research that people are doing, Mm. about like all the history and everything. Mm -hmm. I did not catch last time that Meryl has been doing all this research since she came to the library and she's looking at different realms, different worlds, and the wind whispers to her. Yes. <laughs> what? I noticed all that too. And the fact that um, when, uh, I don't know if it's Clotho or someone else is kind of like justifying why they're pushing Gwyn so hard. Yeah. She's like, oh, well, it's just because of the pressing matter of the work that she's researching. What's so why? pressing about learning mm-hmm. about different worlds mm-hmm. and the valkyries i guess because if we know she's writing that yeah. um, book on the valkyries too but yeah uh yeah what is so pressing about uh-huh. this different especially worlds? because of where they're doing the research yeah and they talked about it a couple times the seventh level of the library yes and how both gwen and emery were terrified of it mm-hmm. and emery said i i hear my dad talking to me and gwen says it feels like a cat that's watching me <gasps> didn't oh. it all seem convenient that there's it seven did. layers of the library and mm-hmm. seven layers of hell yes yep and now they're doing all this pressing research on other worlds yeah i thought that was interesting yeah and somebody had even said that it feels like a gate of hell mm-hmm. and they just said it in passing conversation nobody thought twice mm-hmm Yep. And just there's like a lot about like different presences watching them and stuff too. And it made me think too that Reese spends a lot of time in the library and he's very close with all of the priestesses. So <laughs> back on the Reese is bad train. Yep. yep. Or he's a prince of hell. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, kind of on the world's front. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cool. Uh, they mentioned extremely early in the book. It's page like. 37 mm-hmm. that 
And this is like maybe me reading too far into it. But um, <laughs> when Cassian is going into Reese's desk yeah. and he notices a massive working model of their world, the stars and planets around it, and some other fancy things that had been explained to Cassian once before he deemed them boring and proceeded to ignore them completely. Mm-hmm. Kind of makes me wonder like what else those things are. Yeah. Because I also feel like I remember there being a model like that in uh, the Autumn King's office in Crescent City. Oh, again, I kind of remember Rune having a similar reaction to it. <gasps> so I want to pay, so I'm like pointing that out because I want to yeah. pay attention to that when we read Putting it in Crescent it like City. Forefront. Yeah. Yeah. Of just, I don't know, if maybe oh. these are people that are aware of the realms, maybe because mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I wonder what else that model is looking at. Yeah. Or what, what else, else is on it? that map or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, we have talked about previously that there are some points where Reese just kind of disappears and who knows where he's at. He does spend a lot of time in the library. Maybe he's going to check out these other worlds. Mm, yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh. Um, did you catch the fact on 350 that Reese was born without wings? Oh, I guess that he just shapeshifts. I I don't know. I don't know. Because he has like a high, because all the high lords have a like alternate form, right? Yes. Or no, because he's half Illyrian, so he can summon them. Is that what it is? Well, so they're talking about. Let me find. Um, oh, guys! So it wasn't on three fifty. I just couldn't read my handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. It was on three thirty. Okay. And it's when Reese was just like super anxiety about the baby. Mm-hmm. And Reese looks at it at Cassian and goes, the baby has wings. Joy sparked through Cassian, even as the broken whisper and what those words meant made his blood go cold. Are you sure? And Reese says, we had an appointment with Maja yesterday and Cassian goes, but he's only a quarter Illyrian. It was possible, of course, for the baby to have inherited wings, but unlikely given the fact that Rhysand himself had been born without them and only conjured them through whatever strange, unearthly magic he possessed. Oh, I didn't even catch that. I had to read it twice. <laughs> I was oh. like, hold up. Whoa. Uh-huh. Unearthly magic strange unearthly magic what i yeah i didn't really catch that i guess i don't know where i thought he was summoning wings from but me neither i thought he just Mm. had them which makes sense why he's so so easily can put them away yeah i guess but also where are you getting this magic Oh. And I think Amarin knows what kind of magic that he has mm. because she makes these little comments about like him using the sword and being right. high king. And right. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Is he is he not from that world? Mm. Oh. That would be interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, but we know like details about when he was born and his childhood mm-hmm. and stuff, so but maybe his family or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because his mom is Illyrian. Mm-hmm. And in here, Cassian says he's only a quarter Illyrian. And so is his mom only, only half, half Illyrian? I guess she must have been. And we don't know that much about his dad. Just, well, he was High King before. Or, or high not High Lord. King, sorry. He was High Lord before. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Reese was. That's really yeah. all we know. And we know that um, his mom and dad didn't really spend very much time together mm-hmm. um, even after they mated. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't catch that. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Um, another thing that I thought was interesting that didn't stick out to me mm-hmm. as much last time. Helion is so much more affected by the items of the dead trove than the oh. people of the night court. Uh-huh. Like when they have um, the mask, I guess it must be in the room. And he's, and like, he's oh my God. super bothered by it. And everybody else is like, yeah, I guess I can feel it. That was weird to me. That was really weird. I didn't understand why it would affect night court less than everybody else. Yeah. Or maybe Helion just specifically more. Yeah, I don't know. Because every, like, because I would even, at this point especially, I wouldn't really consider Nesta, like, part of the night court. Um, but, yeah, because she, she had no issues with it, nothing. And he was really perturbed yeah, by it. Yeah, like, it just being in the room. Mm-hmm. So I, just, I thought that was really interesting, too. I did, I too. That it their reaction was so different. Yeah. Like, when these items were made, was Helian around? Was he part of that? Was, mm. I don't know, because they have these like incredible spells and he's kind of like the spell master and the spell cleaver. Spell cleaver. Mm-hmm. But he even, like he teaches Reese how to have a spell so that yeah. they can mask Weave protections. Mm-hmm. So it makes me question, mm. what else is going on with Helion? Because yeah, we also kind of see with Lucian that Lucian has like, he always knows a little bit more what's going on than other people in the room. Does he? That's how I feel mm. because the way that they've kind of described, and maybe not necessarily in this book because we don't see him very much, but in, I think it was Frost and Starlight, Nesto was talking to him and he kind of looked at her and like questioned her. Mm. And I got the sense that he knows more than people mm. let on. Mm, he's just particularly observant mm-hmm. kind of like elaine <laughs> exactly exactly which could make sense a seer and a seer yeah yeah i i also am so curious what jurian and vasa and uh lucian mm-hmm. have been up to yeah over there right yeah. like they've been separate from the inner circle for pretty much the whole book. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And at this point, wasn't it like 18 months? Or it's a long it? time. Yeah. And we know that they're kind of bonding and kind of bickering and, you know, whatever yeah. over there. But we don't really know anything else because Nesta's obviously not involved in it. And so since it's from her point right. of view, we aren't seeing it. Um, but it kind of makes me wonder what they're up to because mm-hmm. it's, they're it's, completely separate. Yeah. But I think they're still players. They still exactly. have a lot of influence. And like, what is Jurian now anyways? It was that was questioned in this book. Yeah. Like, who or what is he now? And Nesta makes that. Mm-hmm. Because she was also made, so Jurian was also made. Were they also looking for the Dread Trove? Or? Well, but weren't they? They were they're allies, even if soft allies with um, mm-hmm. Night Court kind of through Lucian, right? Yeah. And so I don't think that they would have necessarily been separately looking for the Dead Trove. But, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But there's just funny things going on. And... I didn't remember that the whole Koshi thing was unresolved in this book. For some reason, I had a memory of like of him dying or something. He's definitely not dead. He's definitely right. still a hundred percent a player. Like 
I, hmm. that's another thing just in general about this book kind of forgot that from a plot perspective, besides doing the blood, right? Not very much happens. Uh, yeah, it was basically all just about Nessa and her transformation. And we get little tidbits of things that are happening, mm-hmm. but things are left unresolved. Yeah, but everything with him is unresolved because Vasa is still uh, yep. tied to the lake with him, mm-hmm. with him as a master. And he's got all this power and he's been the one. All we find out is that he was scheming behind yeah. um, the old queen or the crone or whatever. Yeah. Anyways, mm-hmm. so... That's literally where this book left off. It's just yes. like, oh, yeah, actually, it was him who was controlling her even. And yeah. now he's now still trying to escape yeah. Lake. Uh-huh. So that so was crazy. So now it's going to be crazy. It kind of makes me think that it's going to be like we're going to see the same situations happening from multiple points of view. And we won't get a resolution for <laughs> at mm. least the next couple of books. Oh, that would make me really mad. I'm not going to lie. That would make me really mad, too. Well, and then I'm also curious on like the next Crescent City like what is going to be that plot point since we have new characters and yeah yeah um <laughs> so speaking of the blood right yeah let's talk about the blood right <sighs> i thought it was longer <laughs> <laughs> i felt like i didn't remember it being so close to the end of the book and uh-huh. it actually was like fairly quick <laughs> yes i thought it was going to be way more substantial yeah i, I remembered yeah. it maybe because it's like the only plot thing that happens yeah. and so <laughs> i like kept waiting and i'm in the last like 150 pages of the book of like a fat book yes. right I'm like where is this I'm like i know this happens somewhere uh-huh. so that that was funny to me um yeah there's like a lot of more information about questions about the blood, right? I think that comes yeah. up or, or the mountain in general. The ma- um, yes. And like during this book. Uh-huh. And I don't know, like why, why it is that Illyrians have magic only on that one night. Right? I like that nobody was knows. Strange. Nobody mm-hmm. knows that. Why were uh, they protecting the monolith at the top of Ramiel? Yeah. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. So, or they even said that, didn't they say that there was a city underneath it? Well, so it was compared. They were saying that it was convenient that there's three mountains that are similar. Mm-hmm. The prison, the library, or the you know the house of wind in the library, yep. that mountain, and Ramiel, and that two of them would have structures underneath, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, well, just Ramiel, and everybody's like, oh, I don't know. Nobody I don't think looked. anybody's ever looked. Hmm. I wonder if anybody has actually looked, and they know, and they sealed it up. <laughs> yeah. Like, so we already know that the monolith uh physically moves people like, uh-huh. because at the end of the blood right that's like a way that's to like how escape, you get out of right? it um so i wonder if that's a way that maybe we are connecting between worlds is through that <gasps> monolith if maybe that's one of the like portals basically oh and that gosh. that's why they were defending it too was yeah. trying to keep people from leaving or coming i don't know oh my gosh that's so interesting and it's on top of a mountain that hasn't been explored yeah and everybody said it was such a sacred mountain and Nessa even goes why is it so sacred yeah so that just seemed convenient you know mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know interesting so I know there's been theories going around like there's three sisters there's three mountains Mm. and Feyre conquered under the mountain is or is that what it would be yeah I guess and Nesta conquered Ramiel but I don't actually think she did if there's so much more 
underneath it that we don't know about. Yeah. Well, we don't know if there's anything under there, but I think because it was brought up as a question, it makes Mm -hmm. me think it's going to come back Yeah. to see if there's, there's more to the mountain than people are aware of. And do we think Elaine would be the third conqueror of the prison or I no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Me neither. That's a good question. Mm -hmm. Definitely a good question. It'd be interesting for sure. Because Under the Mountain wasn't even the first mountain. Yeah. It was modeled after the night court. Yeah. But the mountain was already there. Mm -hmm. I don't remember which the three mountains are, I guess. I thought it was the prison and the house of wind. and That's what I thought it was, too. Ramio. Um but I feel like I might be misremembering that. That's kind of what I'm thinking too. So I'm going to pull it up. But they're talking about, there's three of them, you know, sister peaks, this one, the mountain called the prison. And they won the Illyrian brutes called Romeo, all bald, barren mountains at odds with those around them. Mm. And, oh yeah, it was the mountain under which Feyre, Reese, and all the other High Lords were trapped by Amarantha. So it is mm. under the one that had under the mountain under it, the prison, and then Ramiel. Mm. So it's not the House of Wind in the library one. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we were mix, mixing up. Yep. Because okay. I thought I thought that was what it was, too. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. It's a lot going on. Yep. There, yeah, there really is. Also, there were so many comments about Ramiel being, like, watchful and awake. And yes! Like, yep. sentient in general, which mm-hmm. definitely stuck out to me. I know. I loved the part during the blood rite when Nessa decided to stand in for her friends and she was sacrificing herself so that her friends could get away. And I just felt that that was a huge turning point for her character. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very precious. Yeah. To just like care, actually care so much about mm-hmm. other people and do that. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think they woke early? Do you think it was just because they weren't Illyrian? Oh, I no, I don't know. I question. I definitely questioned it because did Emery awake early or did she? I don't think she did. Mm-mm. So I guess it must have been because she, because at first fair or at first Nesta is like, oh, maybe it's because I was made that I woke early, but then that wasn't it because yeah, also Gwen. Gwen and then she's like, oh, well, maybe it's just because we weren't Illyrian. I don't know if that yeah. was interesting too. I wonder if there's something else at play there. But because, like, they kind of talk about, I don't know, the mother watching over them a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, maybe there was just an extra little hand in there. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I felt like, even though this book didn't have a whole lot of plot happening, there was so much that you get behind the scenes that I felt like it was so much information that I still missed the second time around. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Definitely just a lot in Nesta's head, too, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of Nesta. Yeah. Her uh, bargain with the cauldron at the very yeah. end. I didn't remember that being a formal bargain, but they talk about the, the tattoo. tattoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder how that's going to come back into play because right. I don't think anybody has ever had a bargain with cauldron. <laughs> not that we know of Mm -mm. and there was more discussion earlier in this book again about how you can't break fey bargains and there's no way to do Uh it and you die if you try to break it and whatever and what is the bargain yeah what is well the bargain is that the bargain was that um 
she would give up the, the cauldron's power would give it back if the cauldron showed her how to save Farah. Yeah. But she didn't give all of it back because something else stopped her or remember or like helped yeah. her saved some power for her. So I don't know if that's why there's a bargain there. I don't know. I like don't mm-hmm. understand exactly what the bargain is. I don't but. either. I don't either because wouldn't she already be either falling ill or dead or whatever happens when you break a bargain? Yeah, Consequences no that we still haven't seen. <laughs> yeah, still haven't seen. It's been brought up so many times and yes. still haven't seen. Yes. Oh, yeah. I saw a theory on TikTok that we've talked about before and how it looks similar to another series about fake mates. Mm. Did you still feel that way in this book with or, Lucian and Lucian just wasn't around to, yeah, enough, enough, I think, for me to feel it one way or another. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely felt it in Frost and Starlight, mm-hmm. but um, I just I don't think he was around enough. Yeah. Absolutely, I can see that. What about you? Um, I think because I was leaning less towards Asriel, it maybe fell a little bit lower on my, like, oh, like, my theories on what's going to happen. Yeah. I don't know. I I read this book so much differently than I did the first time, and especially the relationship between Elaine and Asriel, I felt very differently this time. So Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know. I just can't wait to learn more about Elaine. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. For sure. Um, what else I got? Oh, on a more lighthearted note. Yeah. <laughs> 186. Okay. <laughs> I can't flip to as I can read it exactly. I died laughing. Oh, I love it. It's um, after, uh, I don't know, Cassian, um, uh, Cassian and Nesta have... Oh. Had a little <laughs> moment, right? And now they're at breakfast, I think it is. Yeah. And <laughs> there's something. And she's like just reading and he like comes in and is like, oh, so so what you doing? And they're both just like awkwardly only thinking about sex, right? <laughs> and <laughs> so he's like, uh, yeah, what you reading? And she goes, the book is about a book. Cassie is <laughs> like, interesting. Sounds great. <laughs> the book is about a book. <laughs> Just like, just, oh my gosh, like, cat's got your tongue. <laughs> I died laughing at that. that oh, I so also thought funny. that was so funny. Yeah. All of their banter was so funny was throughout this book. Also, I totally forgot. So, um, I was probably 75, 80% of the way through, and then we left for Minnesota. And so I pulled up my audiobook and I was listening to it in the car. And I took first shift, and so Gianni was sleeping in the passenger seat. Yes. He's sleeping, sleeping, and they're battling, they're doing all this stuff. He awakes, and Cassian goes, put your hands on the headboard and hold on. <laughs> and I was like, like, I turned all red, and he goes, wow, you're just listening to some fairy corn over there, aren't you? And I was oh like, gosh. oh, my God. I was like, I swear, you've missed, like, all of the battle scenes and everything. And it was detailed and graphic, and I was like, oh, my God. That's I've hilarious. never listened to that kind of stuff or, like, read it, like, in the same room as somebody. So I was like, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah, I haven't listened to it. I feel like that would be hilarious, though. It was pretty funny. Yeah. It was. Did he look embarrassed, too, or no? No, he was just watching my reaction because oh. I was embarrassed. That's super funny. I Like, I knew how spicy this book was, but... It was fun coming back to it. It was spicier than I remembered. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It, you know, surprisingly, it wasn't as spicy as I thought it was going to be. Mm. And I think it's just because 
I've now read so much else Mm -hmm. that I was like, oh, this was like the first like big spicy book. And then I was like, oh, it was, what did Rick call it? Tastefully spicy or something. Fair. No, that's, (laughs) that's totally fair. It was more just, uh, I forgot in comparison to the other Akatar box, how different it was. Oh, I so love. having just read the other ones, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got a few scenes. In and I mean, it's not that much, right? There's like five scenes, six scenes. Yeah. Max, I expected there to be more. No. It, the quality of them fun. was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it was It was good. It was good. Go Cassian. Go Cassian. <laughs> and that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Man. I love it. Mm. Um, totally unrelated. Mm-hmm. But just because we are going to be going into Crescent City next. Yes. The Pegasus is. Pegasi? Pegasus is? I don't even know. Um, that Helion has? Mm-hmm. Totally didn't remember those at all. Uh, no, me neither. And uh, yeah, they're like talking about how they're so rare and there's all these myths around them. Yeah. And that... Helion's seven breeding pairs are the only ones left. And Amarantha had killed all of, a had, bunch of them. Yeah, and the, they dwindled, and the, the, their um, population had dwindled further in the last thousands of years and no, for no reasons that anyone can explain. Mm-hmm. And, and then it also says, according to legend, the Pegasus has come from the island where the prison sat upon, which we, I now think, know. know to be the eighth court. Yeah. Which we also then think is where Bryce's people... Bright, like the fae that Bryce and everybody in Crescent City are uh-huh. from. And we'll talk about it in Crescent City, but I think that she's going to have a shifted form as a Pegasus is my guess. Really? Just We'll talk about it more when we get to Crescent City, but because of that, when I read that Pegasus has come from the island that the prison sat on, oh my gosh, that, that, that makes sunk think, in more oh for me. Oh my gosh. <gasps> that is so interesting. Yes. I mean, so, yeah, I... I don't want to give anything for Crescent City away right now because I'm just starting to reread it. Yeah. But there are some things that are said in it that are like, huh, she, I mean, clearly she has more power than she like thought she did. Right. But interesting. Yeah. So, so just let's a, a seed to plant for the next book to pay attention yes. to. But the fact that they come from there was just of note to me. Very interesting. Again, I feel like we have so much information in this book that I just totally did not catch. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Um, Did you notice when Cassian was talking about, like, they were all, I think think it was when they were going to the, whatever party it was that Eris was there and NASA was going to dance with Eris. Solstice. They did it at the, um, yeah, Winter Solstice, but at the... Court of Nightmares, right? Wasn't it, or no, it wasn't at the Court of Nightmares. Where was it? I don't remember. Where it was it like was. somewhere else, though. Yeah, and they all showed up, uh-huh. all dressed in night court black. Uh huh. And he said that Elaine, that it washed her out, and that it just like really did not mm-hmm. suit her. Mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, that's kind of another nod to her not being with Asriel. Mm-hmm. It is, and I want to know if she feels the same way that Farah and Nesta have, because both of them, in their respective books, have made comments about how. The human realm never felt like home and other people have then talked about them also by saying that they never seemed like they belonged in the human realm. Yep. But no one has ever said that about Elaine. I know. And Elaine hasn't said anything about kids. We don't know that much about her. So I'm going to be curious if when we're in her point of view, Mm -hmm. if she also felt the same way, like she was destined to become Faye or if she really is the one that doesn't belong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that would be so interesting. 
I liked Elaine's gift to Nesta as first old sis. The book credits. Oh, that was cute. I thought that yeah. was so sweet. And Azriel got her a gift. Yeah, that was sweet too. That well, she was she was the one who got Azriel like a thoughtful gift last year too. Yes. So and so he mm-hmm. got her the book light. Mm-hmm. And then Cassie, we did remember what Cassian's gift was that he threw in the Sidra. The book, yeah. Oh my gosh, it was a first edition. Yeah, that was sad. Oh, but I thought the music box was very, very sweet. Mm-hmm. That was thoughtful. so thoughtful. <laughs> Just like spending all the time going everywhere to get that music recorded. Oh. oh, when she was like, well, how did you get it? How did you get the applause and everything out of it? Well, I went back and had them play it Oh, my God. <laughs> At first, when she's like, I'm not going to take this. I was like, oh, I was Bitch, pissed. you better take that. I was so <laughs> mad. And I didn't remember what was going to happen. Same. I was so mad. Same. I'm glad that it got resolved like fairly quickly. Because I was like, yeah, no, we're you are taking that and you are going to enjoy that. Yes. Like we are not doing this again. Because yeah. <laughs> every time he tries to like do something for her or give her something, she's like, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. <laughs> you do deserve it. You do. Oh, but I thought it was really, really sweet. It was oh sweet. My gosh. Mm. That's really all I got. I think, I don't know. You got some more in there too. Yeah, I have the only thing that I had, and we we kind of briefly talked about when uh, Nesta goes to get the harp, and mm. um, Lanthus says to her, "Which death god are you? Mm. Who are you beneath that flesh?" Mm-hmm. And like, if she's still got a little bit of that in her, like, what is the cauldron? It makes me think of like. Yeah. How well, he also says the other gods, the death gods. Yeah, because he says who I had written down something from that too. And he, and he says, whose fire burns silver in your gaze, which makes me think that she stole like a specific person or like a specific oh, creature's yeah. power from the cauldron that maybe the cauldron had stolen or something. Yeah, yeah it's just interesting. So yeah, I, I had noted that too, that there was the way that he interacted with Nesta was unique. It and, was. Um, I don't think we're going to know, I bet, until the next Akatar what all mm-hmm. that means. But uh, I did make note of that, too, that there was a lot of conversations from the older beings yes. of Nesta sticking out. Yeah, which I think is kind of perfect. So was it Crescent City 1 came out and then Silver Flames came out? Yep. Okay. Because if you read it in that order, maybe you were kind of able to decipher it a little bit differently. Like... Would you make more connections if you read it a certain way? It's Crescent City 2 that makes the world connection. And that came out after Silver Flames. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Either way, it's going to be really interesting to know. Mm-hmm. I know. I think everybody's ready for the first book with all of the crossover known. Yes. Do we think that everybody's going to be in the crossover? I don't know. <laughs> I know. I think everybody's really hoping that we're going to see Aelin or something oh, again. Oh, I hope so, so bad. I just, I'm not sure yet. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if it'll come in the first one or not. I don't know. Yeah. Like, so she's, uh, I think she has at least a few more books that she's already committed to with yes. a publisher. So like we know there's more coming. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But she, I have also seen people talk about that in some like interviews or something that she's talked about, like kind of being sad that the Throne of Glass world was done. So it makes me think that maybe she'd pull it back out. I don't oh, know. I hope so. 
I don't know. Because I was actually just having that thought too. Like Throne of Glass is the only completed, completed. series. Yep. And so I would hope it got brought back, but I, I could see if it didn't. Yeah, I don't know. That'd be so sad. Did you also see that she has another series in the works? No. Yeah, so she's got... I think it's four books for another series that she's working on. And I I can't remember from the interview if she said that it is related or isn't related. But oh. she said that she is working on Akatar, the next book. Yeah, I knew she was working on the next Akatar already. Um, yeah, I didn't know about the other ones. Yeah. I guess I'm curious if it's unrelated series or not. Mm-hmm. It would yeah, be very interesting. Gosh, I feel like just after talking about this today, like when I go read Crescent City now, I'm going to be so excited to like try to pick out like all the different little things. Right. Oh, I'm definitely going to read it so differently. I think I'm going to pay way more attention to when the Fae showed up in Crescent City. And different objects. Because I feel like I always have a really hard time with like objects because I glaze over them and mm. then I'm like oh they ended up being really important mm. and so objects time frame of mm-hmm. things powers and how they're associated with people yeah also the gods because I think that they talk a lot more about all of the old gods in Crescent City oh. like they're trickled out but I kind of remember there being more discussed there oh. so I'm curious maybe then I don't know yeah, I think it's so funny because both Throne of Glass and Akatar are kind of set in this like medieval time. And then Crescent City is just Got like cell phones and high <laughs> yeah. heels and clubbing and party drugs. Basketball <laughs> shorts, yeah, party drugs. Basketball yeah. shorts and backward hats and oh, football. Yeah, sunball. Get it Sun, right. Okay. okay. Sunball. <laughs> yeah i'm excited though i remember yeah. at first reading something that's more like urban fantasy yeah or i wasn't sure what i think but i got over it pretty quickly Did you? yeah <laughs> uh, the first time i read it, i still i unpopular opinion but i think that crescent city was my favorite of the three. Oh my gosh and maybe it. just because uh bryce is a little bit older yeah than the, the other characters yeah, than, yeah but i loved crescent city maybe or zootopia oh my gosh <laughs> Zootopia. <laughs> oh my gosh. Maybe that's why I liked Silver Flame so much is because Nesta is a little bit older mm-hmm. and has more mature experiences. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if Elaine is also going to have more mature experiences too. Mm, maybe. Yeah. That would be awesome. That'd be cool. But yeah, I'm excited. Me too. <laughs> yeah. So Crescent City 1 and 2 come yep. out. Pretty soon after this, we're mm-hmm. going to have those in the works and have them out before yeah. Crescent City 3 comes out oh, so in the end of January. And we're also gearing up for our January book club, yes, which is so exciting. I feel like since we're now out of the holidays just a little bit, yep. it's going to be a really fun one. Yeah, we'll have some more SJM Theory stuff coming out of it, I'm sure. Very exciting. Well, awesome. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us on Miss Willow's Book Club Podcast. Check us out on Instagram and TikTok at Miss Willow's Book Club Pod for our upcoming reads. Keep it spicy, book lovers!